Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a place called Champion City, the forces of good and evil. Captain Amazing. What a surprise. Are about to collide. Well, we've always been each other's greatest nemesis. Society. Nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> now, with the city's one true hero missing. Captain Amazing is in danger. Kaboom. Who will step forward? You again. Wannabes. To answer the call of justice. Don't mess with the volcano, my man. Because I will go Pompeii on your... But... Ah! Oh, my golly. They've been waiting for this moment. The city's in peril, Lucille. All of their lives. Butch needs his vest back. Well, it's my vest, too. I bought it for him. But now that their time has come... I'm a superhero, too. What's oh, his power? Excuse me. They're going to need all the help they can get. You gotta find a lot of superheroes really quickly. State your name and power. PMS Avenger. I only work four days a month. Is there a problem with that? No. No. I am the Waffler. Waffle Man! Am I too late to try out? Sorry. <laughs> You're in. Wow, my first mission, and we're gonna rescue Captain Amazing. Here we go. Universal Pictures presents. We need to talk about your plans. I'm going to kill you. Right, that's the part that really doesn't work for me. A new league of heroes that step to a different beat. Well, I am a ticking time bomb of fury. I don't find you threatening at all. <laughs> Let's do some carnage. We're not your classic heroes. We're the other guys. Mystery Men. I'm invisible! Can you see me? Yes. Wow. Maybe you should put some shorts on or something if you want to keep fighting evil today. Indiana Jones Avengers Endgame and Follows. Hey, Dad, I'm going to my room with three strange men, and I'm Sebastian. Lance Hunt can't be Captain Amazing. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> I'm Andy Shuffler. I can only become invisible when nobody is watching me, and I'm Jordan. And welcome to our review of Mystery Men. <sighs> this isn't The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Godfather, it is not. Yeah, we decided to put The Godfather off for a little bit, only peculiar because we were doing it at Alex's request and he couldn't make the show. So that felt like a stupid thing to do without him. 
right? <laughs> That's the one reason, Andrew? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that, that alone. There's no other reason. It's not, it's not because the Godfather trilogy is a sack of crap that drags on for nine hours longer than it needs to be. Yeah, see, I was <sighs> very easily convinced to shuffle the schedule when I was like, well, he's not going to be here. And it is six hours worth of movies in the fir- in this first fortnight to do the first two. So I was like, oh, that's yeah. not, a, not, a, not a hard argument needed to get me on side. Yeah. Mystery Man was long enough. Mystery Man it was, was better. Oh, that's like, that's fun. I do enjoy the argument of Mystery Man being better than the Godfather trilogy. <laughs> that's the <thing laughs> I can get behind. <laughs> So wait, how it, did, is a, it is a quotable film. It definitely is. How did this get on schedule, though? Did I, was there a story with, with us, or did I just say, we have a week to fill, here's a movie? I can't remember if this actually came up organically. I feel or like you just pulled it out of nowhere. <laughs> Typical. I think it was definitely on your suggestion, Seb. But I think why? You, were, you happened to be talking with someone about it, or there was some reason why it, why it came up. Maybe because of all the comic book films we done or Maybe. was it in place of the comic book films that weren't being released later this year because of the the pandemic upset? Maybe. I honestly don't know. It's just, I, I've watched this movie, you know, hundreds of times, you know, hundreds of times, a bunch of times growing up, but I just don't know why it popped up this time. Oh, well, well here we are. Mystery right. Man. There you go. We snuck an extra comic book movie into a year that's not very full of them, given that no movies are really coming out. <laughs> I, I saw it for the first time. I'd, I'd never even heard. Yeah, of it me too. Exactly the same. I'd not even heard the movie, like never heard of the movie until Seb brought it up. So it was right. new for me. William H Macy. How do you? What are you guys not tracking his career for? Oh, it's very well. It's very well cast. Oh That's yeah, for absolutely. Sure. This is, and I would even go so far as to say that people are utilised exactly for their for their talents mm-hmm. uh, where they need to be. It's just eh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's your typical nineties comedy. I say nineties. I think it came out. Yeah. What year? Oh, yeah, 99, yeah, and scraped by. Um, That's solid in the 90s, 90s yeah. genre. Well, the fact that Absolutely. All Star is both in the trailer and in the movie really concretes yeah. where this film is in culture. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure. Just watching it, I feel like it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, to be honest. Like, if this movie had come out, like, maybe 10 years ago, I feel like it would probably be in a much better place. Because, like, really, they're just spoofing superhero movies, and, like, when this came out, really, all that had come out prior to it would have been like the, the Schumacher Batman. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess to an extent, the um, Christopher Reeves the um, mask? superhero film. Um, Superman films. Yeah. Uh, mask yeah, from a few years before. Oh, yeah. yeah, the mask. It wasn't Batman until... Had, had the first X-Men movie come out yet? Or was no, that I, think that was I think it was still, it was still a year right. or two away, I think. Yeah, yeah 2000. But like, I reckon if this, is, like, if this had come out in like 2010 or something, it'd probably be like similarly like successful as like you know Shazam or Deadpool or you know anything that kind of does that kind of thing probably not to the same extent but like I think it would have gone over a lot better I think this film could come out this year and it would be more in a in a timely kind of zeitgeist yeah definitely well it didn't though it came out in 1999 (laughs) when it really was just making fun of Superman and Batman but it kind of not too much not not a lot of people liked it yeah doesn't seem so (laughs) No, to this to this day, it maintains a, a six point one on IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes sixty one percent critical, fifty seven audience. I would have thought the audience would have been higher. 
Yeah, me too. Interesting. Well, yeah. But it didn't make his budget, that's for sure. Oh, didn't it? Oh, that's a pity. I think 1999, it had a budget of 68 million, which was not insignificant. That's a that's a mid-level movie. Mm. Um, and it made 33. Oh, Jesus. Okay, that did really bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a pity. I, I think this movie is definitely better than that. Like, I would have expected at least to break even or turn a pro- small profit. But I guess I'm the eternal. Well, who actress. knows? Who knows what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's. Just, we'll, we'll we'll get into um, the the jokes and such. But I think it's. It definitely has a style that appeals to a very narrow range of people. Mm. And and and. And also coming out at a time when uh, comic book films really weren't a thing. They were, they were a little bit of a joke in themselves. Yep. Uh, nobody, certainly nobody took them seriously. It just, it just had, had nothing for everybody else to latch on to. Which is, I feel like everything was pretty self-contained within it, that I don't think it really, I mean, don't get me wrong, having a wider bit of knowledge about the genre that they're going after here would have helped, but I, I feel as though it was, it's all on screen in this film. I don't feel, I think you needed to come in knowing this or that prior. Oh, no, it's no, just that without, without the other comic book films, and especially with the, with the Marvel films that do take the material seriously, um, without without that as a base, <clears throat> there was just no reason to be to be spoofing it. Yeah. At the time, you know. Yeah. Now it's now it's different. Yeah. And does Marvel have Tom Waits in their films? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, he's been in some good films, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not bad. I'm honestly, as an actor, it's not bad. I'm looking at him, and and I'm thinking, God, I recognize I recognize that guy. Where do I where do I know him from? I'm looking through IMDb, and his first little. Uh, sort of highlight post that, that comes up is uh, Zachariah in Seven Psychopaths, and oh yes, of course, that's him. Yeah. That's right, because it, it, it was him stroking the chicken that that kind of made made me twig. And in Seven Psychopaths, he's stroking the rabbit, oh. uh, and looks exactly the same. <laughs> he's a strange looking man. He is, but I, I always appreciate him on screen because it always feels weirdly genuine. Oh, certainly. Oh, yes, that's for sure. <laughs> so first time for you guys, though. That's, I mean, that's not terribly surprising. I just figured it would have been more widely seen than one out of three, though. Yeah, no, I just, I, I'd never even heard of it until it popped up in the schedule. Oh, that I wasn't really wasn't even sure. Though. Wasn't even sure what I was getting into. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought you guys would have known. <laughs> Here I'm putting it on the schedule. Until I looked it up, did I know what I was into? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, this sounds all right. See, I put it on thinking, oh, this will be a delight for the boys. They're going to love this film, like a blast from the past, and had no idea that I was sending both of you into this pit of despair. So my apologies. (laughs) Uh, It's not MacGruber, Seb. By no means did I I not like it. And certainly, yeah, MacGruber it is not. But I I think essentially, yeah, like pretty much what Andy said, like it's just really forgettable. Yeah. Are we saying that it's not MacGruber and that it is better than MacGruber? Is that the stance you got taking? Or saying it's not MacGruber's and MacGruber's better? Not being MacGruber is to its credit. Oh, good. (laughs) Genuinely worried because I could have gone either way. (laughs) MacGruber made three times less than this film, but at least it costs seven times less. (laughs) Well, that's something. And MacGruber's getting a sequel, and this isn't. 
Good, that's kind of mind blowing, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Doesn't need it. Maybe it will have a reawakening. Yeah. Would you guys? Yeah, it'll be it'll be one of those classic films. People are into nostalgia now, and that certainly Mystery Men certainly counts. Oh, I was nostalgic oh, for it. That's why I picked it. I think. I, mean, I think that's why it, I picked it. Put it into perspective. Put it into perspective. This is the same year as The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, Matrix wow, came yeah, out at the same time as as Mystery Men. What was the budget on the Matrix, though? It would have been much, much higher, I would assume. <clears throat> Not a little bigger. I will say this, though. 63 this million. At least, Wait, what was this budget? This at least... 68. The Matrix was cheaper. 5 million cheaper. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but the Matrix has aged poorly. The first the one? The Matrix has aged poorly. This one, yeah. Has it? I've not watched yeah. it in a long time. Have, watch it. Watch it again, and uh, and yeah, it's not it's not brilliant. All right, I'm gonna have to give it a rewatch. <laughs> We've already done it on the show before, I think, so we can't do it again. <laughs> That's okay. I'll do it in my own time. I'm sorry, Joel. No, I would love to put you on the clock for it. But <laughs> oh God! So you guys didn't seem to have the as much of a good time as I did while watching this film. I was generally just smiling most of the time. I found, it, I found it really hard to focus on, to be honest. I just like kept learning out and getting distracted. Like it just wasn't wasn't pulling me in. No, I, I didn't mind. The story was easy enough to to follow, and it's and it's a good solid story. You know, it it, it follows the right beats. It's uh, you know they um, they're going after the bad guy. They get thwarted, so they come up with a bigger team, but they get thwarted again, so they have to go off and train properly. It's not, it, you know it. It's a story that's been done countless times, yeah. you know, even even for heist films or things like that. You know where they're they're taking it seriously inside. But you know any any comic book film where you've got a, a gang, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is you know has has the yeah, same exactly. beats as as this. It's not it's, it's not any different fu- fundamentally. Um, and there are jokes that land, but eh, it's yeah whatever. Yeah. See- <laughs> I don't think that this movie is like, ha ha, I'm rolling the laugh, uh, rolling on the ground laughing funny. Um, I just think of it as kind of like, oh, it's sort of, yeah, amusing here or there, but it is kind of a serious story throughout the entire thing. Not not too serious, obviously, but it's just got that little bit of snark it to it. It takes itself seriously inside the universe. Yes. Right? Yeah. The, the, there are real consequences and the heroes need to need to make it happen. And none of that is, none of that is taken lightly. It's a and 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 it's a comedy. Yeah, no, it definitely is a comedy. I just don't think it was. I don't think it was a comedy first. Like if I was putting the genre together, right. yeah, I put together like you know, sure, that makes sense, or whatever yeah. crime and then comedy as well. Like it's definitely trying to make you laugh. I just don't think it's dedicated to making you laugh the entire time. Like yeah, every no. scene may have two jokes in it, maybe three, but it's not those you know those fifteen second turnarounds that you get in a lot of the um, like the parody parody yeah. films. I don't know. I think I think there are moments when they when it's packed in. Is it, are you talking we'll, about we'll, the spleen? We'll, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Rubens, mate. Oh, well. He did it well. Yeah. Sure. Shall we, shall we do some trivia before we get Please. into the film? Absolutely. Love to. So, uh, Tom Waits when he's when he's talking about the psycho what is it the, the, the psychofraculator? No. Yeah, that sounds right. Funky later or whatever that that um, uh, Casanova Frankenstein is is going to use. 
Uh, he, I, I read the trivia before before watching it, and I didn't I didn't think his hand movements were that weird. But the note is that he had weird hand movements because he had the dialogue written on his hands to read it. He he, he couldn't he couldn't <laughs> memorize it with all the different names of the of the weapons and processes and things. So he's just reading it off his hands as he was doing it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he's, he's wearing glasses at the same time, so it's really difficult to see where his where his eye line is. And I suspect that was done on purpose because he was reading from his hands. Yeah. Well, I didn't notice this because he's so weird. Anyway, like he doesn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> Him just moving his hands around weirdly just seems as part of the character. Oh, it's certainly certainly on point for, uh, uh, for for Tom Waits. Yeah, it doesn't seem out of place for him to be doing anything like that. Yeah. Um, Kinka Usher was the director. If you haven't heard that name, that's no surprise because all he did before this was toy commercials, and pretty much all he did after this was toy commercials. Oh, really? He was he was overheard on set saying, "I've had enough, and rather than deal with any of this nonsense again, I'm going back to commercials." Oh. <laughs> Well, I think he did a pretty good job considering it was like his first major picture then. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But he did have he did have to deal with Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear apparently not getting on very well. Oh, uh, really? And it had gone through, you know, a lot of potential directors had, had at one point in time been attached. Like ben Stiller was going to direct at one point. Uh, Danny DeVito was going to direct at one point and additionally play The Shoveler as well. So I'm yeah, sure that would have that would have popped the movie up a couple of points for me. <laughs> and the first time director um, having to deal with a huge budget like that, and it is a pretty good cast. I mean, these are all mm. people that That's had great careers cast, at the yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, they're not nobodies at this no, time. No, no. These are these are people who are well known. Uh, so it was. Eh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sure he felt the pressure, and I'm not surprised that he that he didn't enjoy himself very much. Um, he did. Uh, he did want to use up a fair bit of spare film at the end of at the end of the film. They, you know, got wrapped up with, uh, with were close to wrapping up with production, and he still had film, so he just let it roll. And the end speech that Janine Garofalo as the bowler gives uh, was just was just to use up the tape. She improvised it, but Usher loved it uh, so much that he, that he left it in there and it ends the film. I can't remember what she said. That's what I mean about this film being a little bit forgettable. You can't really remember any of the details. Hmm. I remember more like weird character points than I do like the greater details in this film. I think yeah, I think yeah. they lucked out with the source material because they got some really fun and interesting characters in it, and it does work. To well, that speaking of which, um, Bob Burden, who created the Mystery Men, uh, <laughs> in Invisible Boy. Was just a drunken joke uh, from him when he was when he was uh, shooting it out with 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 the scriptwriters, uh, and they loved it. So they, they they stuck Invisible Boy in the film. He's not in any of the comics. That was pretty funny. It's good. It's also the plot um, to an entire episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but that's fine. That's not, yeah. <laughs> not really. Yeah, Louise, but- Louise Guzman. Do you guys know who Luis Guzman is? I know who he is. He wasn't in this, was he? No. Token, token Mexican guy in a lot of nineties films. He also in um, community. I'm sure I'd, I'm sure I'd know him. In community, they yeah. have a statue of him in Greendale because he's one of the. Yep, he's the most famous person to have gone through Greendale. That's right. Yep. Um, 
And he's good. He's good at what he does. Yes, unfortunately, man. typecasters a token Mexican. Uh, he had a role in this film that unfortunately was cut in the edit. Uh, can I guess what, what that, that role was? Mexican. Yeah, he was the restaurant owner, the Mexican restaurant <laughs> owner. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that sounds unforgettable. I'm sure he would have done a fun job with it. He's pretty charismatic, but like, yep. <laughs> And the film, uh, the film opens up with uh, the Red Eyes uh, crashing some sort of uh, seniors Geriatric party. party, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and Artie Lang, Artie Lang is is, is the head Red Eye. Uh, if you don't know Artie Lang, he's a comedian. Um, he was on Mad TV. Uh, I think that's I think that's where he, he had his first television break, apart from his apart from doing his stand up. Um, he is notable for being in terrible films. And he thinks this is his worst. Oh. Not only that, not only that, in the theater, after watching the opening scene with him in it, his mother and sister called him while watching the film, called him to ask if he was anywhere, if he, if he was anywhere else in the movie later on because they wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think this is crazily unfair. Holy shit. Like <laughs> this movie, like you said, it might be a bit forgettable in points, but I didn't think this was like go away heat at any point where you just want to like exit the cinema as soon as you could. <laughs> Me personally, no. but that's a great story. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's terrific. And and that, that that sums it up for me too. It's it's not that it's bad. It's it's lame in a way that is only enjoyable if you are on board with that kind of humour. If you're not, it's just lame and it can never win you back. I guess I must be yeah. then. I mean, fair, I, not all these things made me laugh. Like, it is what it is. The Spleen's character, ever, it, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, that's I, I can see what the purpose is, but it, it does yeah. very little for me. Whereas the Invisible Boy's character, that sort of joke, fucking hilarious. Like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah, so... Yeah. But I was on, I mean, I was on board. At no point am I ever like, oh, it's that time of the movie where I want to vacate. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> no, but if I hadn't watched it for the review, it probably would have been one of those films where I wouldn't have paused it if I got, you know, got up to get myself a drink or make some popcorn yeah. or take a phone call or something. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have bothered. Nah, whatever. See, I get hooked in. <laughs> by the same. Like, so- I didn't think that it was bad or anything. I just, I just yeah. like, couldn't focus on it like there was just nothing that really drew me into like for it to have my full attention the yeah. entire time but it like i didn't hate it by any means it was just not yeah just like sort of not that interesting i guess it's weird i've trained and myself I- to see william h macy on screen and just focus on him because i think <laughs> oh, he's gonna attention. do something spectacular <laughs> just gotta wait and see it <laughs> and the shoveler is a good character but mm. these these things like okay, Guardians of the Galaxy is five characters. Yeah, you've got you've got uh, Peter Quill. You've got uh, what's her name? Not not Garana, Goanna. Gamora. Why do I Gamora. Know that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you you know Peter Peter Quill um, is an orphan because uh, his father left, or you know whatever. You don't know much much about him, and he was raised by the space pirates. Uh, Gamora is a stepdaughter to Thanos and has it out with, with her um, robotic uh, sister. Um, Rocket is a genetic 
plaything of, of scientists and he managed to escape. Um, you Drax, who is God, he's one of the prisoners, isn't he? When they when they meet up, yeah, and he's got like some he's in, he's in the prison against he, Thanos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so he's on board because he's he's linked that way. And Groot is Groot. Yeah, and that's it. It's that's contained enough that you can give deep enough backstories that that we care about the characters, and we also watch them watch watch them grow, or at least see how they react. This. It's just too many characters for anybody to have any meaningful screen time. Like even Mr. Furious, Ben Stiller's character, um, he's really the only one that has some kind of epiphany or, or development in the whole thing. And even that's kind of, you know, shallow. Yeah, I mean, let's go. I think we should actually go over the characters one by one because people apparently are not very familiar with this film, and it is an ensemble superhero comedy. So I think it's it's worth giving a little bit of lip service to who they all are prior to going in. Um, let's do it. All right. Well, I'll, we'll start with a very brief like, character breakdown because I don't want to. This is not a dissertation by any means. Um, <laughs> so. Our three mains that we start with, we have Mr. Furious, who's played by Ben Stiller, and he's effectively, I guess, a LARP on the Hulk in that his character's power is he gets very angry and they don't even elaborate that he even gets a little bit stronger until like the last half hour of the film where they reference that he <laughs> may have pushed a bus one time, but there's also very there's evidence that says maybe he didn't. Maybe. Um, but his <laughs> character is just like, he just gets super angry and that's it, that's it, which I think is a good joke to that's be honest. It. Yeah. Um, there's the shoveler played by William H. Macy who effectively dresses like almost like a construction worker and his thing is that he just <laughs> fights people hand to hand with a big shovel but that's that, that is it he wears a hard yeah. hat with a fucking lantern on it like it's yep <laughs> um, that's fine and that's you know as a as a uh, as a gimmick that's his thing he's got the shovel fine yeah it's I mean, great Donatello Donatello fights with a stick that's his thing yeah no absolutely but he also does machines but well, yes. Rounding out the, the original trio, we have my, I think this is my favorite of the trio in terms of character, the Blue Raja, who's played by- He's my favorite character too. Yes. Um, oh God, I just got in the- Is it Hank Azaria? Yeah, it's Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria yeah. So from the Simpsons, from the horrible Godzilla film. Yeah. And effectively, he's from New York. No, we, don't, we don't talk about that. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's from New York. He's got a New York accent, but he actually puts on a fake British accent. And his whole thing is- <laughs> That he dresses like, oh, Andrew, how would you describe how he dresses? Like a like a like a prince, uh, like a rajah, like a king. He, he definitely dresses like an Indian prince. Yeah, he, yeah. he wears a turban. He's got this very elaborate coat he has, <laughs> which looks like a tea cozy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, um, and he, all that I, I mean, could think of the whole time I was watching it was, um, what's the name of like the person who Voldemort kind of possesses in the first Harry Quirrell. Potter movie? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's all I could see the whole time with Professor Quirrell. <laughs> so his thing is that he, oh, it's so crazy. So he tells his backstory a number of times as to why him having a British accent and being a white person called the Blue Raja and doesn't wear any blue makes perfect sense, which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> like, I don't, I know it doesn't look like it's right, but I've done my research and this is a, this is a historically accurate costume and name. Um, and he throws forks. As, as projectiles. That's yep. his weapon. Not knives. With perfect accuracy. Yeah, he's actually got like, he's actually pretty good at it, to be honest. I call it what it is. He's very skilled at throwing forks. Um, <laughs> so those are our original three. And then we do bring on 
um, a few other characters as time goes on. Um, in no particular order, we do have, I think, my other favorite outside of the original trilogy, played by Janine Garofalo, and it's the bowler. Effectively, she has a bowling Who ball. arguably is, yeah. yeah, is the only superhero of all of them, apart from the spleen. The Invisible Man. Who genuinely does have that ta- <laughs> talent, and he's cursed. Yes. So... <laughs> Her father was a famous bowler who got into trouble with the mob and got killed. And the co- the with case the disco boys, Seb. Oh yeah, with, with the, the disco, disco boys. boys. <laughs> he was he, they, he fell down an elevator shaft onto a bunch of bullets, and the cops were like, "It was an accident." Um, so she had his head um, put inside of a bowling ball. So she throws this bowling ball. It's actually kind of cool. It is really cool. The whole, this whole, her whole character yeah. is pretty great. Uh, yeah. She can throw it. And it, if you think Captain America's shield does some bullshit when it's thrown, no, 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 no. <laughs> this thing, uh, effectively the ball is possessed and she speaks to it and it just flies around and hits things for her. Yeah. I'm, I'm describing it badly. And Janine Garofalo has a really good dynamic with an inanimate ball. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> really good chemistry. <laughs> um, we have Paul Rubin's character, the Spleen. Effectively, his whole backstory is summed up with: he was walking around with a friend one day. He farted. He blamed this old woman who, that they walked past. She was a gypsy, and she cursed him. To quote, <laughs> well, "What is it? Um, he will Always be, the, be one, the one who dealt it." Yes. So he can <laughs> shoot farts once again, pinpoint accuracy to knock people out, and he's just genuinely a disgust disgusting looking human being. They did a, a pretty decent job on Paul Rubin's makeup, making him look just awful. Um, he's yeah, acne ridden. He talks with a with the with the oh, yeah. um catching catching s lisp. Yeah, yeah, and no missing a lot of teeth. He, he looks like a meth addict. He looks like your typical meth addict. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've also almost there. We've got. Um, played by Kel Mitchell, so from Keenan and Kel, that Kel. Um, we've got. The- I didn't recognise him until until the very end. Yeah, me either, actually. Oh, really? Oh, well, because I watched yeah. this, I already knew who was going in, going there, going into it. But he plays Welcome the, invis- the Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. May I take your order? <laughs> so he plays the Invisible Boy, and this is fantastic. Effectively, the premise is he just he can only go invisible when no one's watching, including himself. So the whole movie is spent going like. Well, if he can't, if he looks, he becomes visible again. How does he know that he's invisible? And he's like, it's just a feeling I have, you know? So effectively, you spend the most of the movie going like, oh, does this kid actually have any powers? And obviously we'll get there. Um, And then I think, unless I'm missing anyone, the final hero in the bunch is the Sphinx, played by Wes Studi, or Studi, who is effectively, his character is an ex-Mexican professional wrestler who has the ability to snap... (laughs) Um, guns with his mind and only talks in very bad they're not even riddles What it's like freaking um, how do you describe it Andrew there was a oh there's this wonderful college humor skit about people that they, they that they speak like this and it's oh crap what is it alright yeah, uh, I think I know the one you mean I can't, I can't remember it either how they, how they describe it I've but def- he just he just takes whatever he's saying and flips it around yeah. so if you don't Failing you know, to plan. If you don't master is, your rage, <laughs> yeah. rage will become your master. Yeah. yeah. And that's, he just keeps on talking like that the whole through, the whole way through. So at first he sounds super wise. Yeah. And then it gets like half of the film and Ben Stiller's like, you're actually just not saying anything. You're just repeating what I'm saying, but yeah. the sentence has yeah. changed. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and I guess there's, yeah, Greg Kinnear plays Captain Amazing, who's like the real superhero that's not part of the group, but he's part of the plot. But he's effectively, I don't know, he can fly and has super strength. He's Superman, but, you know, less ridiculous is the short version. But he's sponsored. Yes, it's like a NASCAR driver. His, his, his outfit's covered he's, he's, He has sold out, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, and, he's, guys, and he's just a dick to everybody. My dogs are about to start barking like all hell, so I'm going to mute oh. myself. If anybody wants to go into the plot, and we'll start things off. So we start off uh, at the at the old folks' home where the Red Eyes, who are loosely affiliated with Casanova Frankenstein, I guess, uh, crash it. Wait, are they? Uh, we. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, I think so. I think every. I think every. It's it's said somewhere along that every that every gang um, is basically led by Casanova Frankenstein at the top. You know, he's got like these little yeah, cells, he's like the, the kingpin. Of, yeah. yeah, and they're all working for him because he's got he's got his you know a party later on where he's got the frat boys. Um, oh, did you guys? The, the, did you guys see yeah. the cameo? Yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Michael Bay, director Michael Bay yeah. is the <laughs> is the front frat boy who says, uh, "Can we bring our brewskis?" Of course, yes, you can you bring some Bruce. Good shit. So they crash the party. <laughs> our, our, our three guys are there to to thwart them, but Captain Amazing crashes there, crashing and takes all the credit, even though they really do the bulk of the work in uh, in getting it done. But they're starstruck. Well, Raja is anyway, um, and they want to want to meet with Captain Amazing, but he dismisses them. Kind of, kind of easily. Furious is really uh, Mr. Furious, who at this point doesn't have his name yet, is um, pissed off about it. Just as why you guys? No, no, he's you know, got going after. What do you mean he doesn't have his name? He's, he has a name, or do you mean he doesn't have fame? No, we don't know his name. Oh, but we he... don't know his name until until the end, and he doesn't have the Mr. Furious name until the very end. No, he's Mr. He says he's Mr. Furious in the cafe scene when they're um licking their wounds in that first Does fight. He? Yeah, he. He gives him. He gives the waitress later on like a fake pseudonym, like he, I think he calls himself Phoenix Dark. No, oh. but his name's like Roy. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, he is yeah. Mr. Furious. Lame. I must have missed that. Not, not, not an important point to be fair, <laughs> but he definitely is. No, 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 no. It's the shoveler, Blue Raja, and Mr. Furious. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a bit pissed off with them. Um, and he wants to, you know, after they they finish up at the, the diner, he wants to go to find some more crime to, you know, do something to, because they didn't actually get to finish the uh, the thing because of Captain Amazing. Uh, but Blue Raja has to go home to his mum and the shoveler's wife is, you know, probably going to be angry at him because it's 10.30 on a weeknight. <laughs> so he has to, so he has to go home. Uh, then we find out that Casanova Frankenstein is incarcerated in an insane asylum. Um, and he's up for parole for the 17th time, probably going to get denied. But the psychologist uh, on board there, to nobody's surprise, uh, says, well, he's cured. He can be, he can be let go. That's how easy it is, Andrew. It looks remarkably, sorry? That's how easy it is. How easy, that's exactly right. And nobody else questions it. They, they, you know, she's an expert in psychology, so okay, we'll just take her word on it. Oh, but, no, no, no. Uh, they, they do question it. They they do question it when it's her, but then Lance comes in, yeah. That's right. Who bears a remarkable resemblance 
to Captain Amazing. Yeah, but that's impossible. But, but he's wearing glasses, of course. Uh, he he goes on to say, look, I I know uh, Casanova Frankenstein has done a lot of bad stuff, but I'm inclined to agree with a psychologist that everything's probably going to be fine. And away we go. Good note for that scene. When Lance is giving his impassioned speech on behalf of um, Captain Amazing, he's reading from a grocery list, um, which I yeah. thought was a, a nice it's touch. It's a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Captain Amazing, as he's as he's being sped away from the from the first thing at the old folks' home, he's confiding to his uh, um, agent, for lack of a better word, a manager, that he's beaten so many criminals. He's just bored with everything going on. And wouldn't it be really nice if Casanova Frankenstein, the only one who actually presented a challenge, was you know there for him to to fight against again? So it makes sense why he's on board getting him out. Yeah, he was too effective as a hero is the short version of that, right? Like he's he's put away yeah. everyone, they're yeah. either dead or in prison for life, except there's one that might be coming up, which is nice. <laughs> and nobody else has come along to, to fill, the, fill the thing. So we get, we get a little bit of um, little bit of story with the shoveler. His wife, um, you know, admires that he's been doing this for the last 12 years, but reminds him that he's got a family and he really shouldn't be going around late at night playing vigilante and he kind of says yeah maybe that's maybe that's right but then that's it we kind of leave that there and never pick it up for the rest of the film oh, no, which if it was a smaller uh, yeah maybe if it, if, it, if it was a smaller cast you could have actually done something with that but because everybody needed a little bit um, nobody got to and, and you had to get on with the story as well there was just no time to, oh, to do anything with it they do have the pool party at their place though so she just come back again and then at the very end so I know what you're saying though it was it was technically yeah. there was something there but it was really just his two sentences yeah. you know six scenes apart you know yeah, yeah and she threatens to leave and nothing happens from that you know it's it's not that like it's not that they forget about it in the film it's just that there's there's no time to do anything with it so it's just kind of there, and then that's it. It's gone. But anyway, Mr. Furious, he's on his own. Um, he'll, he'll go out vigilanting on his own without his partners. He rides up to Casanova Frankenstein's place to see what's going on there. He spots him and his psychologist uh, coming out onto the balcony. And wouldn't you know it, Captain Amazing just happens to, to arrive to have a chat with him. Where did he come from, though? How did he know? Oh, how did he know, indeed? Maybe Mr. Furious has powers even he doesn't know about. Oh, you see, Seth, he's amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that checks out. We get, we get one, probably the funniest line from the film. It's Captain Amazing uh, entering, you know, crashing into, into uh, Casanova Frankenstein's house, played by Jeffrey Rush, by the way. Um, Played well by a, Jeffrey Rush. A, a, he is a very, very good, good yeah. a very good use of his talents. Oh yeah, but his German accent not the most stable, but it was fine <laughs> for the for the level of awesome. campness that this film needed. He was he was perfectly fine. Also, quick quick aside, how great is the name Casanova Frankenstein? Isn't that bloody it's a great beautiful? Name. Yeah, it's, so good. <laughs> it's a great name. I was I was reading that Bob Burton suspects that uh, Frankenstein was selected as the villain for the film just because the name was so good. 
Yep. Well, that's a fair point. Which, which, sound, which sounds right yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really go down a list of names and pass that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely where you stop. Like, I just wish I thought of Casanova Frankenstein earlier, like before they did, and I would have put it into wrestling. That's all I would have done. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's a wrestling name. If Isn't it great? <laughs> oh, God, I want to use it. Anyway, yep. <laughs> So Captain Amazing comes back and says, oh, Casanova Frankenstein, isn't it wonderful that we're going to be villains again? Oh, by the way, would you mind removing the secret little pellet you have on your on your ring? Oh, and would you mind taking off the little, you know, magnetic, you know, dart firer from your from your toe ring? Oh, and would you please disable this thing? Oh, how, how well we know each other. Isn't this, isn't this amazing? Yeah, really uh, good they, scene, yeah. The, it's a, it's a great scene. The one f- funniest line of the film, I think, is, God, I, can, I, I can't remember which way around it was, but it was like Captain Amazing telling, telling Frankenstein, uh, I knew that you knew that I would know that you, know, you, would, you would have those. And Frankenstein said, yes, I, I knew you would know that. <laughs> oh, I just like oh no, no, forth, no. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't remember which way. Anyway, <laughs> funniest line, he says, no, I didn't know that you knew that I knew that you would know that. I only knew that you knew that. Did you know that? <laughs> of, of course. I loved it. Yep. I love, <laughs> I love that line. It's, it's completely, completely confusing, and I love that sort of dialogue. The one, that's the one moment that the film had me, and it lost me immediately afterwards. Oh, for God's sake. Yep, anyway. <laughs> so he kidnaps... Captain Amazing, because of course he's outsmarted him, and Captain Amazing is useless and you know just doesn't have the passion anymore. So of course he got he got caught because he thought it was going to be easy. And Mister Furious stages a daring rescue, and he gets thwarted. Yep, by the of course he, disco does. he doesn't boys. even get through the door by the Disco Boys. Oh, I can, um, that's a fun scene. Um, is this, we're talking about when the three of them go to go in there the first time and the disco boys come and then, out. And then the, yeah. And then, and then he goes and convinces them that they need to, uh, that the shoveler and, uh, and Raja need to help him. And they're running around the yard and just being very silly. And again, they get beaten by the disco boys. But more so when the disco boys come out, instead of like acknowledging the threat, they're just like, you guys aren't like, Oh, a disco gun. Oh, a, like, why, do, why is yeah. this guy holding a chain? It should at least be just a gold chain. Like they're criticizing that they've got this gimmick and none of their weapons are tailored to it. Yep, it's yeah. not even themed or whatever. You guys are rubbish. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was fun. But, they, but nonetheless, they get beaten. Who who knew that a gun works whether, whether it's part of your costume or not? Yep. Who are you supposed to be? The disco plumber? <laughs> this is one with a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And the head disco boy, I forget his character name, but played by Eddie is just brilliantly. I think it's Tony C. Tony C. Because he's, okay. he's the one that we find yeah. out killed the bowler's father. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. no, and sorry. he admits to Tony, as much. Tony P. killed his father. Tony P. Tony C. is the other one that's with him. There you go. Um, no, ter- terrifically cast. Everybody does a brilliant job in it. So... They realize they're, they're thwarted, but Captain Amazing is still in danger. They need to save him, uh, but they're going to need to recruit in order to build up a bigger team because the three of them can't handle the Disco Boys on their own. Uh, so they have this they have this audition at uh, the Shoveler's <laughs> at the Shoveler's place because he's the only one with a pool, and wouldn't that be cool? 
for a barbecue. Well, you need as many people as you can to uh, yeah, make sure you're getting the field checked properly. Yeah. They, uh, I think the shoveler says he knows this invisible boy um, who knows the names of a lot of heroes because they hang out at the same, you know, met at the same comic book shop or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they go to him. And that's where we get the line. Yeah, Dad, I'm just going into my room with three strange men, okay. <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we hear about his powers, and everybody's very dismissive. But they need the names, so they they take him along to the to the diner. They're going through all the you know potential names of, of people they might need to contact, and we're introduced to the spleen. Who oh. the three guys already know and hate and loathe and just want to be away from him as much as possible. And we find out it's because he st- <laughs> he stinks. Yep. <laughs> oh, he doesn't actually. St- it's, it's not like it surrounds him all the time, which would be a pretty good curse. No, he can he lob it at people. He doesn't stink. Yeah, he just lobs it. But he's he's quite repulsive um, himself, and just wants to be a part of the gang, and. Admit it, why why are they so dismissive? Because he genuinely does have a good power. Well, my theory is that um, Mr. Furious kind of hates everyone that has powers because he spends the entire movie, kind of, well, when he meets all these new characters, <laughs> of course. he's actually quite resentful mm-hmm. towards them. It's never played on, except the, the only thing is he hates these people. They've all got genuine powers. And then at the end, he has that crisis of faith where he realizes he doesn't have a power. <laughs> he just gets angry. Well, yeah. Um, that's I my theory. resentment throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so the the five of them are at the pool party, and none of the auditionees. Again, it's it's a it's a nice little montage of all these utterly ridiculous superheroes. Yeah, that's um, fun. I like that part. Yeah, it's just everything was so bad. I know that's that's how it's supposed to be intentionally, but it it really is bad. It's not even it's not even bad enough to be funny. It's just lame. I liked Pencil Boy and Son of Pencil Boy. Those are my favorites. <laughs> we'll erase. Okay. Uh, Waffle we'll Man erase had potential. Or whatever. Sorry? Waffle Man had potential. Um, uh, Waffle Man. Dane Cook, by the way. I thought he looked familiar. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. oh my God. Maybe didn't yeah, have pick up on that at all. Yeah, you have Waffle. He just walks around with a, with a waffle iron. But it's always and, uh, hot. True is- syrup. Which is low fat. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, okay, fine. It's funny. And you've got Ballerina Man that comes up in a cloak and then reveals that he's wearing a ballerina. Uh, fine. Yep. I like the the PMS uh, Avenger was a was a good little bit. Yeah, um, she only works four days a, a month. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. It's all low hanging fruit in uh, the scene, is what it is though. Really low hanging fruit. Yeah. Like it's it's like it. It's like it was the uh, you know the writers sitting around uh, um, in the table and they didn't even submit a draft. Somebody just saw their notes and oh okay that'll do. We'll we'll use those ideas. Yeah no I agree. This is not one of the stronger scenes until the bowler shows up and then no. it's, it ends fine. Until the bowler shows up, they're all you know saying not one suitable candidate. Whatever the bowler shows up and says, hey, is it too too late to audition? Uh, yeah, whatever. No. Yes, we're not interested. And she flings the the bowling ball at them. Um, we see it kind of ricochet and bounce off and 
they kind of huddle around and, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe, you should, maybe we should talk to you because you can actually do something. You're not just, you're not just ridiculous like all these other ones. They get her on board um, and they go off on their, on their big heist. They all pile into uh, uh, the shoveler's station wagon uh, and they're driving. I think the plan is to drive to Casanova Frankenstein's place, but they see his limo along the way. And all they do is pull up beside it. It's a, it's a Corvette Stingray limousine, which actually looks phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, it does look cool. It looks great. What a great idea for a limousine. They pull up beside it um, and have a confrontation with Frankenstein. He's very dismissive because, of course, these guys are whoever. You know, he just kicked them out of, out of his place the night before. Uh, and what are they going to do? But anyway, they end up just beating up on the car and scratching it and lobbing a fart into the into the thing and locking them in there. Everybody uses their their powers uh, in order in order to do that. But that's it. Then they go off and celebrate. Yep. And then because they, they've, they've they've had their first big win. Then they get jumped again by, by the Disco Boys, and the Sphinx saves them. Right? Am I on, on the right page now? Correct. They were they they had talked about the Sphinx, but nobody really knew where where he was. The Disco Boys ambushed them. Um, they didn't even disable the Shoveler's car. They're just kind of sitting around it, waiting for them. Yep. But the Sphinx uh, manages to. They, the, the Disco Boys all draw guns on on our Mystery Men gang, um, but the but the barrels are uh, uh, separated from the guns by the by, by the Sphinx. And Tony P says, "Yeah, we'll 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 get you another time. We'll get you." That's it. Didn't even try to beat up on them. Just okay. If we can't use our guns, then away we go. Yep. <sighs> and they get with the Sphinx, and the Sphinx says, "Look, you guys are all basically useless. You're not a team. We have to go off and train to be a team." And we get our training montage. Not really a montage, but it is. It is kind. Yeah. He sharpens up. Blue Raj's fork flinging ability. Um, what else? Do he, he tells he tells the shoveler that you should learn to punch. You know, his weapons are not just yeah. His weapons are not just the shovel. You can punch and use your knee and your head. You know they're all your weapons too. Which okay, so is a weird don't limit thing. Yourself that way because I, I see what he's trying to teach the shoveler. But the moment in which the shoveler yeah. uses this, it isn't through punching and kicking. It's through the use of of a spade. <laughs> A little gardening spade, which is a great joke, but all that's set up for him, you know, being more than just his shovel. He's also a smaller shovel. Kind of wasted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that joke is terrific. Oh, that scene's good. It's just the setup is like, whoa, that's a long walk for a yeah. spade. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. And the Sphinx has his, you know, yes, uh, I can't even remember any of them apart from the one that Mr. Furious calls him on, which is, yeah, he's about to tell him, if you don't master your rage, Mr. Furious says, oh, let me guess, my rage will become my master. And Mr. Furious takes off. I'll see if I can find He's pissed off for the whole thing. Why does the the team, you know, need the Sphinx to, to be doing all this? Uh, he who questions training only trains himself to ask questions. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to find more. 
Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Your temper is very quick, my friend, but until you learn to master your rage, and then Miss Furious cuts him off, your rage yeah. will become your master. That's what you're going to say, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> it totally was. Uh, gosh, I'm, I can't remember what happens next. Mr. Furious takes off. Um, they, um, they need firepower, he's... so the rest of them will... After... He, well, no, Mr. Furious is convinced that they don't need this training thing. They just need to go and confront the uh, Casanova Frankenstein and just yeah. save... save. Um, he, he's not even doing it to save... Pretty much right after that when the, the Psycho-Fraculator comes into play, isn't it? Right. Uh, yes, yeah, so so the Sphinx the Sphinx is talking to them about about the the remaining team about firepower, and Blue Raja is saying, no, 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 we don't use guns. I don't use guns. Therefore, the weak or or, or whatever. Uh, but uh, Doctor Heller, who had met, who had introduced himself to the shoveler right at the very start of the film, left him a card, and that's when the shoveler pulls it out and says, hey. This guy is a is a weaponsmith. Let's go and let's go and see him. And lo and behold, we find out that Doctor Heller, Tom Waits' character, actually makes non lethal weapons. He's not in it to kill anybody, but he has all these interesting contraptions, like a tornado gun. Um, and what else does he have? I can't. Even, oh, he's got the he's got the blame gun, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, the blame thrower. What a great. What, yeah. Yeah, a flamethrower. What a what a great idea for a weapon that you incapacitate your yeah, enemy because they just get immediately overcome with rage and 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 begin to lash out on 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 the person next to them. Yeah, it's it's such a brilliant idea. Very clever. Yeah. So they so they load up with all these with all these weapons, um, make it back to camp. Mister Furious, in the meantime, has been talking with uh, has been in the diner alone, and the same waitress comes up to him and. and Kind of convinces him to go back and apologise because you know he's no good as a lineup. But he is a lone wolf. They meet alone, I believe, is what he also says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they meet up. Here's another. Here's another point of something. Something good potentially happening, um, but the writers just don't capitalise on it. Like, I, Mister Furious is is going to apologise to the shoveler, right? He's there to apologize to everybody because he wants to be a part of the group again. And he's about to apologize and he just becomes overcome with, with rage. And we yeah. know that because he says, I'm becoming overcome with rage. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And the, sho- <laughs> and the shoveler stops him from, from apologizing, from having to go through it and just says, yeah, why don't you come with us? Right now? I don't know about either of you, but that could have been so much more emotional if they kind of just let it go for a little bit longer. But I we can't because we've got to keep going on, on the next thing. Mm. No, no, I definitely agree. I, and I, it's all the crux of there, and there I, for this like emotional beat. Yeah. And it's just like, nope, moving on. Let's go. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just reading it, reading into it too much that it didn't, um, you know they, that it could have been much more, much more emotional and much more uh, meaningful, but uh, it, it it just seems like the the scriptwriters just hit you over the head. Okay, let's let's get that one out. Let's get it done. Doesn't matter if the audience 
uh, doesn't doesn't think about it because we're not actually going to do anything with it anyway. So let's just move on. Yep, but we're going to move on Maybe. to possibly the most important thing in the movie, Andrew. Yes, Operation Three Eyed Three Legged Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're not familiar with, with uh, the actor, um, uh, Mr. Studi, he is an American Indian. And yeah, so, 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 so the Sphinx being this wise, you know, sage for the, for the group and also their sort of strategist and such, that's exactly the role that, the role that he plays. Yeah, which is, it's a funny, it's a weird choice in a sense that the character is meant to be a Mexican professional wrestler, but yeah, played by a Native American, yeah. and obviously that's fine, yeah. I, don't, I don't care, change it around, but yeah, he is still dressed like a luchador, but yes, throwing away, the, throwing out these very native sounding proverbs. <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly right. But that's uh, his power though, he's so incredibly he's, mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> So what is it, the, the three-eyed, three-legged eagle plan? Yeah, yeah, Operation Three-Eyed, where, Three-Legged Eagle. Yeah, where, where he will he will stay behind and, and uh, oversee everything. But uh, Bola, Bola, no. Bola, the Spleen and Invisible Boy will be the scouts, the eyes. And the Shoveler, Blue Raj, and Mr. Furious will be the, will be the legs and actually yeah. make the assault on. But Casanova's uh, thing. But pretty much the second they get castle. into it, it ends up being broken down that the bowler goes with the three leads because um, yeah, 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 visible boy gets stuck with um spleen outside for a bit. So they're armed. They're ready to to assault the uh, the stronghold. Casanova Frankenstein at the same time is having a big party with all the other bad groups that he's uh, you know kingpinning. Um. And he's going to make a big show of executing Captain Amazing for them. We, we sort of go around the table really, really quickly. You've got the frat boys. Um, Headed by Michael the, Bay. The, by Michael Bay. Um, I can't remember the name of the of all the old guys, but like Big Tobacco was, was the leader of them. They look like the typical mobsters, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly right. Um, I can't remember the other... Um, the other groups, he had a group of dancing girls, like like the Fembots from Austin Powers. Exactly like the yeah, Fembots from Austin Powers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were Fembots without the without the titty guns, yeah. essentially. Well, then what's the bloody point? <laughs> <laughs> so they're having their, their big powwow. Meanwhile, the, the group is storming, storming the building um, and having to deal with... Um, it's not. Is it the Disco Boys that meet them first, or, or are they Ooh. fighting off other henchmen? The Disco Boys are sort of peppered throughout because they've got individual bits. When yeah. they Because um, the Shoveler takes on a bunch of them, but then the Bowler takes yeah, out the lead right. at the end and stuff. Like they're kind of peppered. Yes. So they do get they do get down to they don't meet Casanova Frankenstein yet. They don't storm that that dining hall. They do get down to the prison where they try and free Captain Amazing. Yep, try to is the uh, (laughs) explanation there. Through a lot of confusion about how many times to flip the toggle, uh, Captain Amazing ends up fried. Dismographied and and, and fried. That's okay, though, because he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, (laughs) he was. was, And I don't understand what the plan was to to do once he was released. Was he going to help them 
fine off Casanova? I don't know. Uh, I feel like he was trying to sell out the city a lot to, to our free himself, so I wouldn't trust him anyway. No, no, that's exactly right. And then the big showdown happens, progressively getting towards Casanova Frankenstein of everybody splitting off and having their of having their moment. Um, so the shoveler, uh, no, it's not the it's not the shoveler. What the is Invisible it? Boy manages to to get inside the um, uh, this laser protected room yeah, where so all, there's the, a, all the baddies a, a sensor light that shoots you and turns you into a statue and you explode and they have to get past that and it, they can't get near this thing at all so it's his moment to shine but everyone has to look away so he can go invisible yeah but invisible boy manages to to bypass it and then flips the switch which is located just outside the the doorway very conveniently to the laser thing on they get inside and we've got the fembots and they shoot the shrink gun at them and all their clothes start to shrink and they're incapacitated that way. Okay, fine. That's a that's a nice gimmick without being without being crude. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's still like it's not yeah. a it's like a PG thirteen movie or an M movie. Like nothing's gonna be too yeah horrible. In that but then way. Mr. Furious says that he feels like his pants are shrinking and I groan. <laughs> I didn't hate that line, but I didn't laugh either. It didn't uh, make me groan. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so stupid. He's such a weird character. <laughs> He's so stupid. <laughs> uh, the bowler goes off to Tony P to, to have a confrontation with him um, and ends up defeating Tony P. Or rather, her, her, her father in the ball gets gets his vendetta against against Tony P. Um Casanova Frankenstein reveals that he's kidnapped Mr. Furious's girlfriend. And he he has to get angry. No, does he have to get angry at that point? To yeah, he gets angry and freezes. I, I can't. Yeah, but with does. teamwork, he anyway, works with the team to get it done. So f- the fork. Um, that's right. He, he tries to he tries to climb up the wall, and Blue Raja fires his fork so that you know Mister Furious has something to climb. Yeah, um, the shoveler at this point, I think, is off somewhere else. Um, Having having a fight, and that's where we get the scene where his shovel is knocked out of his hands by Tony C. Uh, but he manages to thwart his his strike after that with a little a little gardening spade, which is quite funny, quite nice. And he beats Tony Tony C. That way. Yep. This is all the climax. It all happens in the castle here. Um, we I mean- get to. Yep, they take down Casanova and um, the bowler yeah. has to sacrifice her dad to save the day, effectively, is the short version. Yeah, the, the, the big doomsday weapon has been activated. They didn't manage to stop it from being activated. But now, they, they again, they have to work as a team in order to get over to the switch and, and find out how to turn it off. They can't turn it off. So the bowler um, sacrifices... Oh, the, the, the dad sacrifices himself by by saying, "Yeah, it's time or whatever. I, I need to go." And he's flung into this, you know, doomsday machine, sucking in all the stuff. But he can fly around inside and destroy the machine from within, so it doesn't destroy the city. Yeah. Done. Group celebrates. They get their name, the Mystery Man or the Secret Squad, or and Smash whatever Mouth. It is. Not the- Smash Mouth plays us out. Oh wait, is it Smash Mouth? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Surely well is. done. This is the, the movie that, that birthed All Star into the world. So is if it, it doesn't have, a, if, it has, if it has no other, no other last. Shrek was Shrek was two thousand one. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, after. this is it. 
that'll be this film's legacy. All stuff. That's fine. It, it really makes it feel super 90s though, doesn't it? Like it was like, oh, that's like... It does. Yeah. It dates it heavily. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty Not as much as The Matrix though. No. Well, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll jump into verdicts then, I guess, guys, unless anyone has any other points they wanted to bring forth before then. No, I told you both moments that I liked. Yep. All right, well, let's hit the button. <laughs> Well, I, I like this. I'm going to say yes. Um, but I, I, you know, with the caveat, I obviously have nostalgia going into this one. I don't know how much that played a role, but I'll admit that I might have some bias there. Um, it's probably a bit on the long side for the kind of film that it is. It does it does hit two hours. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's pretty funny if, you know, even as a, a, a modern take comparison to or parody of um, the genre today, um, I think in some aspects it actually kind of was a little, like Jordan said before, it's a little bit ahead of its time. Um, but watching it, yeah, I enjoyed it still. So that's it. That's me. How old were you when you first saw it? Well, it came out when I was eight and I did see it at the cinemas. So I guess I was eight. But I've seen it a you know, time see. since. Of course. I, mean, I have a soft spot for things I saw in childhood as well that other people don't, don't like. Yeah, no, I, saw, I, I I'm not saying this is perfect. I just enjoy it. This isn't one of those films that was particularly great. It's basically a heist movie, but you know there aren't any specific roles that anybody plays. Like, there's no bag man. There's no safe guy. Everybody just kind of is there with powers they improvisationally use once they're once they're doing the thing. There's no real plan. They just kind of go in there and do stuff. So it's very ad hoc and. Yeah, it 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 works for the movie. It is, but it's not it's not really that much fun because you're not terribly invested in it. And the jokes, I'm sorry to say, Seb, they're really lame because the, you know a lot of the time they're drawing directly on stereotypes. Which ones are you talking about? So they don't about? even go to the effort. Oh, no, like the like the um, uh, Mr. Furious, his pants are shrinking when the oh, yeah. when the dancing girls' clothes are going. Things like that. It, you know, the writers aren't even aren't even trying to be funny. I don't know what the comics were like. Whether the comics were this lame as well, and they just lifted directly from from those. But it just feels like nobody was putting in any effort into it at all. Mm. It's it's not a film I would recommend, but it's also not something I would necessarily turn off if I saw it. It's just it's just there and it is what it is. It's it's yeah, it's entertaining if you like that sort of thing. Um but there's nothing that's going to interest you if you're not on board in the very first second. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I could agree with that. Actually yeah it's yeah, like not something I would definitely like recommend. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. Like it's really well cast. Like I think the ensemble casting is awesome. Like everyone does a really good job in the role that they've got. Oh and yeah. Like, and like you said, it was definitely like just the entire concept is definitely like pretty far ahead of its time, but it's just wasn't well it just wasn't like it didn't I wasn't engrossed in it, I guess. Like and it's just yeah, not all that all that great. It's not awful, but like it's just not great. So I, I definitely couldn't um don't think I could recommend it. But it's it's, it's one of those movies where it's just like, yeah, it's fine, but it's also like completely forgettable at the same time. Well, I mean, I'm glad every time I bring a movie to the list, 
Um, not every time, but most times I'll bring a movie to the list. It's always like, I've got like a Seb curse on it where you guys are just going to like die <laughs> from watching it. I'm going to take this as a win. I know you both didn't recommend it, but at least you didn't yeah. scream. So that's something. <laughs> so I'll take, I'll take yeah, the win. It, it, like, it, it wasn't awful. It was just not, not at all memorable. I don't think. Maybe we should have just done Apollo 13. Like we said, at least we could have guaranteed a so like, system level of quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I can, I can see why I'd never heard of it because it's not a movie that I would expect anyone to rave about. I guess except you. Yes, I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. I'm raving. That's fine. Um, well, I think we'll wrap that one up. Um, yeah, we'll jump into socials and we'll get out of here, guys. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash second take. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at JordanNSPP. Yeah, I recommend jumping on Twitter right now because it's definitely not the scariest place on earth. And you can tweet me at Bastion <laughs> underscore James. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah, go to website, secondtakepodcast.com. Check us an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com or support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash second take. Now, we're going to get down to fucking business next Monday. We are starting our limited, not the entire filmography, but the a limited batch of the um, Hannibal Lecter films. So we're starting with Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. So we've skipped, is it Manhunter? Is that the original one? I'm, I'm now spacing on it. There was one that was- Is that the book? There was a movie. Um, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. I, I, I now I'm, I'm trying to work out whether I'm talking about the right movie or not. No, 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 no. Uh, I think it was Manhunter. I didn't know that yes, was related. So there's the original Manhunter film, which we're not reviewing. We're doing Silence of the Lambs, which is technically the second that came out in that series, but the first one doesn't star Anthony Hopkins, and I don't care. But we're going to do Red Dragon <laughs> and then Hannibal. So we're just doing the Hopkins ones, nice. and we're ignoring all the shit Ignoring that, that terrible fourth sequel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we're starting with Silence of the Lambs, which is weird to start a mountain at the top and then work your way down, but that's what we're doing. Um, but pretty exciting. I, I do like when we have like in theme, films that can warrant going a bit more in depth into it as per discussion. Like I love watching things like Mystery Men and all that. Like it's just a bite size, here we go, whatever. But we got like a, we got an actual film to watch next week. That's exciting. Well, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to hit the button. I think that's how that works, right? I believe so. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.